Hello and welcome to the F24 podcast. My name is David and each week I'll be having creatives of all sorts come over to my studio in North Acton to talk about their lives and interactions with London culture and creativity. This is F24. This week's conversation is with Will Robson-Scott, a British photographer living in New York. I've known Will for a good decade now and I was really happy to get to sit down with him and chat about his journey so far. You can check his work out on Instagram whilst you're listening at WillRS. We recorded this in April 2017 whilst he was over on a project. We started just like skating Ali Pali and stuff and yeah. then met people and started, you know, skating the closer bits of North London. Like, yeah. we, it was like an industrial estate by the North Circular. We always used to skate and get up to like Mad Mischief in as well, kind of like by um, Bams Green. Chapter one, London. Will starts us off right at the beginning in North London and he's moved to New York City in his early years. We talk about his short time out there and then him coming back to the UK and loving football, finding video magazines about skating through his brother. We talk about teenage years and finding music and his first travels around the city and meeting an array of people at London South Bank. Easy Will. Hello. How you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for coming and thanks for, yeah, I'm glad I caught you whilst you're over here. Um, so, London and culture and creativity is what I like to talk about and and I like to hear about people's experiences um, and how they how London and culture helped them become creative and then use that creativity later on in life because considering we're now all over 30 and we seem to be hanging on in a creative world like somehow and I want to try and get that story out of everyone so just about yeah yeah. so where are you from where does it start Uh, um Initially, well, I'm from North London, really. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really want to go all the way back, I was born in um, the Royal Free, and um, then my parents. Uh, then we moved. Then my parents lived in Archway, okay. just like um, on uh, Cressida Road, mm-hmm. which is like um, the 41 Road. bus route from yeah. Archway. Yeah, it's like opposite all the flats. It's uh, just a road off there, yeah. and then my parents. Uh, me and my parents lived there, and then I guess my brother was born, and then moved to just off Holloway Road. Cool. And then um, my dad got a job in New York, mm. and I lived in New York for like, I think I was about eight to ten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wicked. And then moved back. back to that. Yeah. And then moved back to Holloway, and then uh, my parents. And me, my brother, <laughs> moved up to um, just right by Alexandria Palace, so in between Musclehead and Bounds Green, so a bit further out. But yeah, um, but that is to accommodate a bigger family. Obviously, Holloway Road wasn't cutting that. Yeah, yeah, and then spent yeah my teenage years just running around north, running around North London and West London. Yeah, amazing. And so eight to ten in New York. Um, so you've lived a bit of a London life. I know you obviously don't go out and run about with mates, at, you know, up to the age of seven and eight years old. But you're you're going shopping with your parents and you're going out into town and you're seeing London as a city and knowing that you live there. And then you moved to New York and was it a lot different at that age? What was it like being eight and moving to New York? <sighs> to be perfectly it... honest, I can't. It's not something that's like I don't feel it had a massive impact on my life. No. Like growing up in London, I kind of early memories are like. Holloway going to like the shops on Holloway Road and so that's a bigger memory pretty much no I remember I remember New York because I went yeah. to school there and obviously I was with all oh, these course. American yeah. kids and I was the only English kid yeah um so it was weird and like um 
because so, so I suppose at that age really it is just this is just a weird situation I just remember uh, trying to fit in and from yeah. going playing football I remember playing I remember like playing basketball and like yeah getting like roller skates and like playing some baseball and shit like <laughs> nothing that I'd done before but you quickly yeah. have to acclimatise when you're that age yeah, as well yeah. to be honest it, I can't remember loads of it and then because it was such a to me it seems like such a small part of yeah. my kind of adolescence it wasn't didn't it obviously had some impact but yeah. I can't really I can't really remember how much impact obviously you, I got to see a completely different side of the world and yeah. like, but I suppose that yeah, you're just not going to really I wasn't like I wasn't like listening to Keras One and like or even down the punk scene or whatever it could have been. No, I mean I was eight to ten. I was like eating McDonald's. I remember going to McDonald's like once, maybe once a week or once a month. My mum would take my mum and dad would take me to McDonald's, which I remember actually. I remember going to a um, I remember going to a birthday on the Holloway Road McDonald's as well. (laughs) I can't remember if that was before that or after that, but yeah, McDonald's didn't have a big impact on me. (laughs) It's a memory. So then back in London and um, you end up back in school here and then go on to secondary school. And so did anything, what what were you starting to get into, I suppose? And then you you come back to London age 10 and you're about to go into secondary. You probably got a year in primary or something like that. Was it, did you start? Well, I just love football. Well, I loved football when I was really young. So like I just play football, watch football, like set up, watch match of the day. I remember watching um, 94 World Cup USA. Um, I just loved football when I was super young. Yeah. And then, and then it all went downhill, I guess. Well, was that America, though, bring it, making it go downhill? No, 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 no. That was, no, no, this is all you, in England. I came yeah. back, I, when I was in America, I can't remember what I liked. I just was But you like came back and were you still in love with football? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I came back and that's when I super got into football oh, from right, like the okay. age of 10 to whatever. Wicked. Um, so 94 World Cup was what am I I'm 24 now so <laughs> shut up 24 you're just scared of living daylights out of me no yeah so it's a yeah. long time ago yeah. um, so it was like you came back and you, that was it football was the passion. and then I remember my my brother actually actually it's quite funny because my brother's younger than me he's like 14 months younger than me um, is he 14 months he's around that yeah not Irish twins but nearly yeah and I remember he <laughs> he got a skateboard I remember he got an ATM clickboard which was like this this brand that it still kind of exists I think mm-hmm. I remember him getting it and then I was like oh I want a skateboard as well and I just got into skating and how old were you then? <sighs> 14 maybe? Mm-hmm, yeah so your brother's like 13 14? as well I remember getting a skateboard and then I was just yeah. like and then I remember like learning to ollie and it like it like clicked I remember when, when like, after I learned to ollie, I was like, oh, this is sick. This is what I'm going to do. And then I just like, remember watching, like, just trying to get your hands on as much, like, you know, because skate videos back then were all VHS. Yeah. There was no... There was no, no DVDs. I mean, yeah. were they DVDs? 411. Well, that's the thing. My brother got a subscription to 411, yeah? So we'd, every month, 411 is a monthly... Yeah skateboarding um, video magazine that used to... Oh, um, a video magazine? That used to be around. It's not around anymore, I don't think. Maybe or it might be in some... It, no, I don't think, because now it's all the barracks and... Anyway, not to go to... I guess I should go into depth with skateboarding. But basically, I remember he'd get this... Um, once a month, he'd get this VHS mm. tape. And 411 was everything. So each... 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 Um, each monthly would have different sections so it would have like the Metrospective which would be like 
the different cities. So I remember like the Paris retrospective with like these skaters, like called like Stefan Laurence and like all these other dudes. And I remember the thing with four one one was was interesting about it was the music. Yeah. And that how the video obviously. Yeah. Well, each section had its own track with it, and I remember it being before that I was into music. Yeah. And I was like. I remember like loving definitely maybe uh, basically yeah. I listened to like the music my dad had yeah and and um you don't really form your own um kind of idea of what music you're into no. and then I remember four on ones coming and each month you'd be hearing these new like I remember for example this this the Paris retrospective it's probably quite it's like quite a well known section but yeah. it had. Exhibit uh, and I think had exhibit paparazzi. Yeah, and so you'd get stuff like that throughout the four on one, but then you'd also get like you know like a Clash song. Yeah, or like Debbie Harry. Yeah, Blondie Debbie Harry song, or like some like Pennywise or Offspring or Wu Tang or whatever. So this completely like from a young age it informed you that there was a youth sound. Not that, that. It just like it was like, oh shit! There's such a diverse amount of music out there. More than what I'm listening to, and then and it was that was what was calling you. It was like, yeah, that's a sick sound. I like. Well, that. it just informed you, and then I just from that I remember like getting into like I had like a tiny little stage of um, playing guitar and like being into punk and like super into Nirvana. And did skating bring you to that music? No, to be honest, skating didn't really. I don't really know how I got into Nirvana. Mm-hmm. I can't really know. I can't really remember to be honest. But Nirvana, I was like, I became obsessed with Nirvana. Right. I still listen to Nirvana, and I know a very. I still know loads of stupid shit about Nirvana. Okay. And I collected as much Nirvana stuff. I got like a. I've still got it at my mum and dad's house, but I've still got like a crazy Nirvana collection of crazy. Like LPs and like. When did you start that? I don't know, man. When I was like. Twelve. No, 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 no. I, I remember oh, no. I got into hit Nirvana really after he died, after Kurt Cobain died, uh-huh. which I can't remember what year that was. But I didn't get into them while he was still alive. Yeah, I don't really know but why. You it happened, fell but it was the music. Yeah, also, yeah. it was like all angsty and like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I was a teenager. I was like yeah, an awful, awful teenager <laughs> who just was like, yeah, this guy's like got it. Yeah, like he, he knows, he knows what <laughs> he knows that the anger of anyway, yeah, it was a bad it was a bad time actually to be honest. So play. it was skating and, and music which was kind of your first loves and skating by getting into skating as well, it introduced you to a hell of a lot of different Well skating was you the knew, catalyst as well because yeah. the thing about skating was that was different to obviously I played football, you know, it's but it's more regimented. Obviously you can just go have a kick about with your mates yeah. in the park or whatever. It's getting completely different because it it it, it makes you travel yeah. the city and get to know That's London. What I to get to next. And like, yeah, I can't. What happened? We used to, well, we skated. We we started just like skating Ali Pali and stuff, and yeah. then met people and started you know skating the closer bits of North London. Like, yeah, we'd, it was like an industrial estate by the North Circular. We always used to skate and get up to like. Mad mischief in as well, kind of like by, um, kind of like yeah, it's Bounds Green. Yeah, and then um, yeah, I remember just getting like what was it like one pound seventy for a child travel card, and then we just started going to South Bank because that's where everyone went, and like from that, from that just was it was was super was was pretty amazing because 
like I remember growing up I had friends basically really I had friends in north yeah and I had like a few in west just like through through family friends um but then I met all these people from like Ballum and like Streatham or like these places I've like never really been to yeah and barely heard of some of them yeah because well. it's yeah, such a we don't yeah you wouldn't talk at that age you're not really talking about all these different well also it was so. a completely it was a completely it was much more contained London. Yeah, it's a different. If you were from North London, you were from North. London. You like stayed in North. Yeah, if you were from South. You stayed in South, yeah. and uh, it was it was cool because made all these friendships from people from all over London, yeah. and then you'd like end up like going back to one of their houses, and then you know you go to these parts of there. London you've never been to before, and you know you get this introduction from people who've grown up and so you're life. still in school at this time so this is like a Saturday hobby like a Saturday thing you do well were you finishing school you in college well <laughs> well, well, uh, well maybe Monday Tuesday as well yeah, maybe a bit of bunking yeah uh, it was whenever it was it was just what, it was, what it was whenever man yeah. like yeah like obviously bunk loads of school and so how long were you skating for like, I'm still skating now and still I'm skating. 24 so <laughs> <laughs> no so yeah so I'm um, yeah You're so still skating I'm still skating now yeah it's skating like you. more now well not actually this year I haven't skated that much but like yeah I still skate I'm still a skater and so what go to parks and skate or just now skate it's like whatever yeah it's whatever it's whatever yeah. it's like old man skating you just do it to like get out of the house and yeah basically go for a pint afterwards really nice but it's like one of those things that it's a sense of um, freedom more than anything else, yeah. and you still get the same thing. Like security. now, it's funny. Like security would chuck you out, and you're just like, "Yeah, all right, dude. Like, <laughs> it's fine. I'm an adult. Yeah, like, <laughs> shit loads of tax. <laughs> like, whatever you can like say whatever to me. It's fine. It's I'm fine. gonna leave. Yeah, but I might do it really go. slowly. <laughs> but uh, it's funny though because all I've got because yeah because I basically live in America now. Yeah. Loads of my friends who. Those of my friends in New York are skaters or involved in skateboarding in some way. And so I still have a super diverse... They're not, like, super good friends, some of them, but, yeah. you know, I'll skate with, like, 20-year-olds. Four years yeah. younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it keeps you, it keeps you like, younger and on your toes as well. And, like, um, yeah, man. So through... So you've gone through school and you're, you're going through college and that and you're you're loving skating and obviously everything around it with your friends and getting to see the city and meeting people everywhere and then uh, I know you did more than that yeah well the thing so, is like from South Bank I met mad people who I'm still like like weirdly fell out with for ages but like for example like growing up yeah. one of like early crew at South Bank when we were 14 was like Royd and oh, like wow. them lot like so I've actually known a lot of them lot for like Years way before anything, way before anything. Yeah. Roy was. Yeah. I have an outline on a deck of mine with a uh, outline Sick. in like a pencil white. It's gone. My mum threw it out, I think. And then he went to. I don't know if he even wants this to be said. On Wait, this, it's a bit of history. He's going to be told that some. Roy, you know, and I knew him when he, was, history, when he was. And was he writing then? On, yeah, 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 yeah. He was He's writing. been writing for years. He was like bombing with acne and like. Yeah. Uh, sat, like sat drum, like drum yeah, yeah. and like all like mad rat bag writers who yeah. fuck knows you know what I mean yeah. like proper south heads back then and so you met him down there for his so no so I met I knew people like Royd when I was 
12, yeah. 13, skating South Bank. But then, like, there were loads of people. There was, like, um, the Brooks Brothers, Phil and Dan, who nice. are now, like, drum and bass heads. Yeah. Um, go a bit go a bit later, and then you get to, like, like the Palace lot, who, yeah. like, Palace didn't exist. Yeah, so but, like... big brand now. They're killing it. Well, it's beyond big. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, I wasn't super tight with everyone throughout the whole time, but you have these relationships where you'll see people now yeah. and you know them from growing up yeah. years and years ago and you know you some people are still doing thing. good but then I remember from South Bank it was like South Bank oh, probably loads of people are going to like talk shit about me talking about <laughs> talking shit on South Bank as well but it was like South Bank was kind of crazy back in the day as well what, what, what decade was this? Or what, what years was this? <sighs> This was like late, late 90s. 90s. Yeah. Chapter 2. Culture. Skating is firmly gripped Will and starting to write graffiti with friends and immersing himself into a mix of cultures, he ends up bringing a camera to the May Day riots and taking some photos that really sparked his imagination. This led on to him setting up a MySpace, yeah, a MySpace account, which in turn led into Will being spotted by a guy called Fred who had a great idea and needed Will to pull it off. Southampton was kind of crazy back in the day as well. What, what decade was this? Or what, what years was this? <sighs> this was like late, late 90s. 90s. Yeah. Okay. Southampton was like place. pretty cra- Well, it was completely open as well. Yeah. And now Southampton is just that one strip. Yeah. There was no Costa Coffee anywhere. There was no. none of that. There were kids no coming down, like trying to like steam through and rob you. Yeah. And then there were like local kids who'd skate there who were like, you know, grimier kids who. Yeah befriend you and then rob you <laughs> or they'd be your mates and six weeks later they'll just rob you yeah. or it was, a, that was, it was a definite cultural hotspot for all types of people man. no but like, from that you got caught in down there as well yeah yeah I mean and then like then just kind of like got into oh god I can't remember the timeline now because it seems so far away but yeah you kind of just got immersed in graph as well you'd be down there and you'd see wild people painting yeah. back in the day whilst you were skating so yeah you just see like in use. people yeah. like you'd see like all the London crews down there yeah. everyone you'd see but you didn't pay much attention to it back then it was just no the, I did I did no no I did I did pay attention to it like okay, you liked not, it, not like no I did pay attention to it but um yeah, it was more because I was friends with a load of the people who were writing down there, like yeah. the local writers who were, I can't even and remember. And they were constantly there. And I just remember, like, you know who I remember a lot? Fund. Not the same Fund now. Not Debts. No. This guy who wrote Fund. Mm-hmm. I remember him really well. He went on to write more stuff, but I don't know how, like... <laughs> I, can't, I don't know who that is. He, you do. He okay. went on to write yeah. um, shit, Demo. Oh, uh, right, okay, yeah. I don't know if like they want this being said, that's the thing. Uh, we can always beep it out. Yeah, we can beep it. What was that, uh, was that crew again? I I can't remember his crew now. I, I just remember, like, ra- I just remember, like, you know, I just remember, like, most of the big crews you would see come through. Yeah. Because I spent shit loads of time down there. Yeah, we were bunking school. Yeah, like, like <laughs> shit loads of time yeah. down there, so you'd see everyone come through and catch tags or like and so that inspired you to want to take part or were other friends take doing it and you were like closer no, friends no like with or... Graf like I kind of got into it and then really it was when I kind of when I really got into it was when I went to 
uh, like my second secondary school, which was in yeah. Finchley, yeah. where loads of writers had been to, and loads of writers. I don't, I don't know what it's like anymore. I think it's the schools changed quite a lot, uh-huh. but at that time there was like a big Finchley scene, right? Like loads of writers went, there. and that was just like right. I, I've seen this. I know it. Like it's more anarchy, which obviously the skating. I don't know. Was I just went to the school, and I kind of at that point I didn't stop skating, but yeah. I kind of got into partying, right? And like going squat parties, and drinking loads, and doing whatever else comes along with yeah. it. And I didn't stop skating, but I kind of just, you know, you just got into up. drinking, partying, yeah, trying Smoking, to chase girls, yeah. not doing it very well, and. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, then I just similar to kind of growing up in South Bank with writers, it's the same thing. You meet someone <clears throat> and then if you get on with them <clears throat> you get brought into their little world. Yeah. And usually their little world isn't, you know, your same geographical area. So so I was going to school in Finchley and I was to be honest, I was I was not really going to school. No. Like I was not it was not a good time in my life to be perfectly honest you studying properly at all, I was you? not good at all no. I was just bunking school and just pure anarchy and just skating getting, getting on buses yeah. <laughs> just getting on buses <laughs> smashing the fuck out and um and then and then I met like loads of like my mates from Camden and like met all the ITS lot so and then partying and graffiti bumped into just going to pubs yeah. and like whatever and then met all like the ATG lot and then from that it was just like you know then it just became a huge social thing where we'd all go to the same parties yeah. get into mischief and then kind of just became like I was like it was a bit odd because I was there was like a there was rival there was it was like unsaid rivalry yeah. like everyone was friendly but there was still unsaid rivalry between yeah. people but I was friends with everyone so I'd sometimes get like the, the piss taken at me by one set of them. Yeah. Like, oh, what are you doing? Going to like Kilvin? Yeah. Like, oh, you're in Kentish Town. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is, like, we're all we're all like I consider them all my good friends. Yeah. I might not see or speak to all of them a all lot, the time, but... but they're all like uh, an important part of me, kind of growing up yeah. and whatever. And um, yeah, that was that. Really. So let's let's um. That that kind of built up all your teenagers and this was late teenagers. Yeah, yeah. This so was late teenagers. End, yeah. This was like I would say, <clears throat> yeah, like seventeen to kind of nineteen twenties. Yeah. And you'd fo- you'd formed this nice group, all kind of into the same shit. You're all raving. You all we'd all go to carnival. Exactly. Yeah. We'd all go to like the same pub in Camden and get chucked out yeah. and then like do it all the next day and yeah it's kind of pointless it's kind of like a lot of wasted time really yeah but, but that's what those but years are about man. yeah that's what it's 17 to 20 man surely it is just about fuck I've done school well to be honest it's better because college. before that I was going to like squat parties and even like yeah do so you know that's what I'm saying it all, you kind of met these people and it was like right, this is the set this is the one well it wasn't even that it was again it was like an evolution it's like like I'm still friends with all of them but yeah. some I will see you know once every three years once and once every yeah, whatever yeah. long and some I won't and yeah. it's just how life is sometimes you become friends with people and still consider them my friends I just might yeah. not speak to them all the time yeah. or well, see them much that's age as well though man and especially being part of a culture <laughs> the amount of people we meet in a culture mm. it's fucking hard to keep up with every single one of them and even the ones you get really close to it's a 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's just the nature of it all. So then what what was it that led you on to... Oh, yeah. What Life. you do? Like, and just, well, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't mind talking about a couple of the projects that you started with. No, I can go into it, though, from before that. But basically, yeah, w- from, it, yeah. from, from, from basically getting into graph yeah. and then getting nicked a loads of times, yeah. I kind of was like, oh, I can't really be bothered getting... Yeah. getting arrested it's annoying yeah it is very annoying it's like pointless yeah and then it gets more and more serious I never got into like loads and loads of trouble but, you but there's, see where it was there's always that threat of it getting really serious yeah, yeah. and then um, my friend my friend Tommy yeah who I'm still really good friends with he was like this was after GCSEs yeah I left school like farted around for a bit and I kind of was like I was like basically need to get a proper job or find something else yeah i was like oh and this is another thing i also worked for years well yeah from the age of 15 i worked under the westway at the skate park oh right so i had a job yeah so i worked i started off working i started off doing saturdays yeah as like uh i actually right i'm telling this to everybody but yeah i worked under the westway (coughs) At PlayStation, from when you're doing your GCSEs at school, you had to do a week work experience, yeah. right? So you worked from then. And I kind of tried to get away with it. I think somehow I can, this is. I need my mum to corroborate this story. But basically, <laughs> I kind of told the school that I'd already got my own work experience, yeah. and I told my mum that the school had got me the work experience. <laughs> and then the lines crossed somehow, and they were like. No, no, you're lying. You're trying to get a week <laughs> on school. And my mum phoned up PlayStation, was like. My son uh, needs a week's this. work experience. Yeah. He loves skateboarding, blah blah blah, etc. And they were obviously like, "Yeah, come." Obviously, for me to just like clean the bogs and like yeah. <laughs> empty the empty the That's fucking the garbage out, the yeah. whatever. So then I did a, a week work experience, and I was like, I got on with everyone there, and I was like, "This is sick!" Like yeah. working in a skate park, especially there in well, was that only one pretty much as well but also it was like in an area that yeah. I knew kind of from had a lot going of history to Carnival, well from, yeah. but it was just like a cool zone to it's be in like Portobello and also with all these older heads who I knew um, through South Bank and all of that yeah. well just through like skating and stuff and yeah. then I remember I think I can't I can't remember exactly who it was but I remember them being like yo Will you're working Saturday basically they were going out on the Raz they wanted to go out and get mash up yeah. so they were like you're working Saturday you're opening up and I was like sick, sick. Like. <laughs> and from then I just carried on working at PlayStation I mean I think a lot, another thing that's kind of relevant is like when I was kind of growing up a lot of my friends were older yeah not like hugely older but when you're 15 and your friend's 17 yeah it's a big difference it, especially if you're still in school yeah yeah, 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 yeah. exactly and that was kind of a, th- a theme that ran throughout growing up and then I went to started working at PlayStation, and I started having all these mates who were even much older than yeah, me. Yeah, in their twenties. Yeah, and then that introduced you into. They're like, come to the pub, and you're like, oh, yeah. like I'm fifteen, <laughs> like, and they're like, now nah, we'll get you in, we'll get you in. And then I remember like starting going to like for drinks on like Portobello in like Mau Mau and places like that when I was well young. I thought I was, I thought I was fucking sick. Like I thought I was like this. What like, year is this? Oh man, I, this must have been. This is. Uh, so what? So if I was fifteen. <laughs> no, so that's 15 that's 18 years ago I started working there so what I don't know how. Okay. what is that so that's so 99 that's 99 yeah so like 99 2000 I remember like going to like like the Metropolitan and like Westbourne Studios when it just start, yeah, yeah. first opened yeah. um, 
and like I, that's another thing I like. I, I had like a load of mates, and then I formed all these um, kind of links with um, West London and Port Vela and Abbot Grove, and ended up having a load of mates down there. And still living in North Northwest. Yeah, still yeah. commuting. Yeah, like, I do crazy. I'd like, I'd like go out on a Friday night and get leathered, stay at a mate's house in Camden, like roll out of someone's bed, like get the thirty-one yeah. and just turn up, like. Twisted. Just twisted, but I did it every Saturday for years, man. And then I did other, and I started working. I think I was working Monday nights as well, okay. and then I do like other nights. But I was basically Saturday, every Saturday I'd work there, nine that, to that four. That is a fucking Christy job. On nine to, I mean, yeah, yes, definitely, yeah, yeah it was sick. Yeah. It was amazing to be that in love with that. To be, that be but the, the funny thing is, as soon as I started working there, I kind of started skating less. Because I just was skate, I was just like party. Like, <laughs> it went along with everything else. Yeah, I mean, I did still skate, but I wasn't. No, I guess the end of it, I kind of was less was skating less yeah. and less and less and less. And um, then, so that doing all that, and then the two thousands come and. Yeah. So anyway, like I think I just went off track, but yeah, I remember after kind of linking with that time, linking with with that time, I um. Tommy, my mate, yeah, was like, "Oh man, I'm doing this photography course. It's easy. You should just come do it to get like your basically your parents off your back about getting a yeah. job or going to college." So I was like, "All right, sweet." No when, other interest in it. I had no interest in photography right. whatsoever. I just yeah. had an interest of get not getting off my back not getting you. a Monday to Friday nine to five. Because yeah. uh, at the same time, I was actually working in the kitchens of a. Calf in a garden centre, which was just like uh, we've all been there, man. Leak, yeah. man. I was working in Ali Pali. I garden worked in the center. kitchens of the science museum. Exactly, man. <laughs> depths of depths of bad. So I was like working in Labrick Grove and working in this like garden centre as well. It was fucking bleak, man. But whatever. So you were like, hang on. so you so knew he as was well. like, he was like, in, in the times you were managing to, you, you weren't out there getting fucked and messy or skating or working at the skate park or being in the kitchens. You were like. Hang on one minute. I need to sort this out. I, need I mean, to. not 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 Parents so much in like not so much in in that way. It was more just like a I need to like make sure like my parents to like get off my back <laughs> a little bit shit out a little bit. So I wasn't Tom, to be honest. I I never really thought about anything back then. Uh, I was just like I just want to have a fun time and just keep it rolling. I just want to skate. And that was right. a good out then, I suppose, with Tommy saying that. And... Yeah, so anyway, and then I went to this I went to this college, which actually doesn't exist anymore. What, it's in Kentish it? Town, yeah. Westminster Kingsway. Was that down near the... Um... Down by McDonald's, where the old snooker hall yeah, used yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by the police station. Yeah, yeah, just round the corner. Everyone's yeah. been to that police station. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Kentish Town. Town. <laughs> um, and then, like, I remember just coasting, not really having any interest in it. Yeah. And then this kind of links back to all this other stuff. I remember, I think it was... Mm. Oh three, oh yeah. two, maybe the May Day riots. Yeah, and I remember everyone just being like, "Yo, we're going now." And I remember like, a- asset being like, "Oh, we're going," and then you know, Heat wins or them lot being like, "Yo, we're going as well." So we all like mobbed up together. I remember getting this like bus on the way down, and the bus just getting like thrashed. There's a photo of it in Cracking China, actually. There's a photo of it in the second Cracking China, and it's like you can. There's some. There's a snore asset on the top on the on the top panels. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, that was the bus. Yeah. I was like Corios, you know, and everyone was oh, like, that was Corio like that. Was the one. And um, and then I took my camera down, not really thinking about it. And I remember I just like took some photos, yeah. 
and um, some guy came up out of nowhere and, sl- and there was a policeman standing with his back to me and slapped an out of order sticker on his back and I remember just taking one photo so it's just a back it's just a background of like a I'm motor policy yeah. with an out of order sticker on it yeah. and the policeman like turned around he thought I'd stuck the sticker on him he's like yeah. what are you doing like, I tried to grab me I was like no 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 I'm just like a photographer I can't even remember what I said yeah. and there's other policemen like turned around and saw he had a sticker on him with a sticker up and he's like oh you're going to get nicked if you don't watch out and I'm like oh later see you later and I just remember then like taking like two rolls of film going back and processing it in mm-hmm. the dark room and then printing it and being like whoa this is sick this is sick like you can behave badly <laughs> and document it and it's kind of a positive yeah. well I wasn't even thinking like that I was like but but it was, yeah there was a feeling was. inside that equaled that no I was just like this is cool yeah. I was like that photo is cool that was, I've seen that shot. Yeah, yeah, I think it's still photo. on my... I don't think it's on my website anymore, but... I remember it well, like, it says... You know, I really like the photo, to this day I really like it. Yeah. And I remember that one photo, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this, like, I'm going to try and... I wasn't even like, that's actually complete bullshit. I wasn't like, yo, I'm going to try and do this, I was just like... You thought I'm going to do... Oh, I just go to the pub, and then, yeah. like, you know... I'll bring my camera. To be honest, I was so lazy thinking about it. The amount of, the amount of things that I missed... Yeah. Because I didn't have... Wasn't really on it, wasn't really trying to do it yeah. you look back and you're like oh the amount of stuff you could have even if you just like a little point and shoot on you back yeah. in the day you know the amount of crazy yeah I was using a um... no I don't actually it was I know what it was it was like a fake Olympus like a Mew 2 but not no 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 no. it was a it was an SLR oh right okay. it was just like it was like a remember it shot all black and white Ilford and it was just an SLR like a just a regular camera okay, not yeah. a point and shoot yeah you actually had to set the exposure yeah I didn't know anything about point and shoots for years because like the first time I heard about point and shoots when all people were using the the Mew, all the writers, I remember yeah. I just think about all the crazy parties and stuff witnessed like fights and like people getting arrested and like but anyway, no one ever documents it. That's the thing, no, no, no one had a camera knows, phone, no, exactly. like well, it's different now, we've all got exactly the phones are here. But anyway, so then uh yeah, like process those films and I remember even my my tutor who I still speak to every now and again we at did. the time, she was like, Yeah, that's where you should like do this like you should try and like do more of this do something like this um and then i just started photographing my friends around me who were you know a lot of them were writers yeah. and then i was like you know what i'm not gonna like try and do anything anymore i'm just gonna try and document what they do Riffy. like i was never artistic i was just like i just wanted to um, write yeah, scribble on things flashback i swear to god i remember you telling me that probably and then I remember like you know I just go out with like ATG law or like whoever yeah. <clears throat> and then right so you started taking all these photos and was you still keeping it film yeah you didn't get a digital camera no you may well have done had one but you weren't I using it I used film that. the majority of the time yeah. and so you were fo- you were going around with ATG and ITS and whoever else was running about and you were running into it was just them lot really to I, be honest yeah any skating shots or around then or was no, it no I still to this day I'm not a skate photographer I'm not going to try and be a skate photographer right, cool. so it's... like I might have taken no I like took a couple of like yeah, you've taken lifestyle couple of shots, shots of yeah. people chilling and stuff but I, at that point to be honest at that it was point lifestyle. Yeah, but to be at uh, to be honest, at that point, I was I wasn't skating that much. Yeah, I'd like occasionally jump on a board, but I wasn't. It wasn't the everyday. No, yeah. I was getting older, and I was like, you were into different things as well. I just wasn't... and them boys don't skate really, do they? No, a that's it. No, no, none of them really. No. Nah, I mean, I, I mean, think Jack did. Does Jack bit. use his actual name? Yeah, yeah. We're using Jack... we're using government names. We're we using names. spray tag names. No, government names. We're using government names. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Jack used to. Jack used to. Jack, I remember really early at Southbank. Yeah. Jack, Rest, and um, Monkey. Sam, Monkey. Yeah. I remember them a lot. I remember I was friends with them at yeah, Southbank. Them three were all from. But they kind of dipped they? in and dipped out quickly. Yeah. I was a. You I was there. more of a... You were a staple. Well, for a little bit. like I'd, Yeah, for a, for a few years I was. But. So you decided, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop bombing, doing graffiti. There's no point. Because you didn't really get into piecing, did you? No. No. And so, obviously, them boys, them That's ATG laughable. were fucking... <laughs> Peace. <laughs> and um, them boys were... I wasn't good enough. Well, they could, they could paint. And I... same with ITS. They could yeah, paint yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Not to say you, I didn't know if you could or not. No, I just I know couldn't. you for one thing. I couldn't. And uh, you were good at it, but it was just like them lot were moving on. So you, you uh, I know you weren't watching going halls of fame with them and taking photos of them, and it was really about. Oh, I would go halls of fame, but yeah. I wouldn't take any photos. Yeah. That's another thing. I just go and just chill. And it was made. It was lifestyle photos, and then you were like, "There, this is so." But still, when you made that decision, I'm I'm just gonna. It what? wasn't like a super conscious decision. No, but... It was more like, I'm just gonna go out with my camera. Yeah, but you were gonna use it and then did you have did you think about your future whilst doing it at all? no of course not there's no. no future ever in even today it's like you don't you don't do something and think all right i'm gonna do this one project for like two years down the line i'm gonna make sure it gets me an agent or i'm not gonna do this one mm. project so i'm definitely get like whatever try and get an award or get like whatever do you it, think it's wrong to think like that or? I think it's bad to give your set yourself like specific goals it's a good idea to be like alright this year I'm going to try and take 30 good photographs or I'm going to try and make five films I think if you say to yourself I'm going to try and make a film that gets into Tribeca Film Festival it's a bad idea yeah or if you say like oh, I'm going to so try and passion and love really have to come way before any planning of any sort because well it's not going to work it's no. not going to work if you're just like I'm going to do this to get money or do this to get recognition it's only going to work if it's something you're interested in but then yeah it was. it's all just luck and like it's still to the day the same thing man it's still persistence and like a bit of luck and like also trying to be just like a cool person if you're a dick then you, to be honest if you're a dick like a lot of the time it's not going to work It's all going to flop, isn't it? So what... what, So because you weren't looking for a a future in it and you were just taking these shots, you inevitably got published. Or you published some stuff. And what what was the the door that opened... I can tell you exactly what that is. I know that story exactly well. So I'd taken a load of photographs of just like... I can't remember the exact photographs now, but they were Mm -hmm. like action shots or like some portraits as well, Mm -hmm. whatever. And then Hurt You Bad the at the time was like the website. Hurt You Bad was the fucking voice of UK graffiti. Well, this was like, this was just when daily. people, I guess they were super early on it, but this was not the website of the internet of today. But, no. But Hurt You Bad was yeah. like this thing that people would check. Yeah. And like, I remember older people telling me about checking it. I can't yeah. remember. Like, 2003 they started. They've been at it for time. Doesn't really. I don't. To be honest, I like haven't checked that thing. It's still going, man. I checked it today. Anyway, I remember they put a link to it. Mm. This was MySpace. This was like the MySpace time. So you'd I, uploaded your photos. I'd uploaded my. No, this is what had happened. I didn't have a website. I'd uploaded my photos to my MySpace. Yeah, old school, early two thousands. Yep. MySpace days. Yeah. Will's Tom. images. 
Will's images. That is what my mind said. <laughs> <laughs> Not even trying to put your real name on it. Like just Will's images. Will's images. <laughs> MySpace.com forward slash Will's images. Probably still there Probably to be honest. Um, and I remember them not reblogging it, but but putting a link and you know obviously just copying some yeah. of the images. And then. Um, getting an email from this guy I didn't know called mm. Fred. Chapter three, creativity. By the mid 2000s, things had really started to come together for Will and the timing of the first publication gave London something it really needed as well as a stepping stone for Will to continue looking to the cultures with his lens. He tells us what it was like putting that first publication together and then photographing grime artists and pirate radio stations and dogs and their owners and work to pay the bills. And then... Um getting an email from this guy I didn't know called mm. Fred. Yeah. Being like, oh, I like your photographs. I want to use them for a magazine. And I was like, oh, I was like, nah. at this time, at this point, I was like, all right, like, I was like, mag the magazine, like, I was like, this was graphitism, I was like, graphitism shit, yeah? yeah, and it's not bomb alert. Yeah. So to me, to me, yeah. it seems like yeah. this sounds what you stupid. And I remember him being like, oh, meet me, come, come meet me and um, let's chat about it. So I went and met him. I remember I went and met him in the World's End in Camden. Yeah. And just being like, oh, this guy's, this guy's full of shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> and like him being like, well, I want to do this book of like some of your photographs. And like he was saying, I want to get all these people in and like these names who I'd been trying to get to for ages. Like, to take photos. So, so, so he wanted like all the names, like so all the on. big crews. Let me just jump back a sec. You so you, you started off with this, I'm always going to carry my camera. No, not really. Well, no, but just you were, you'd gone to the riots and you were like, right, cool. I'm, I think I'm going to carry my camera. And you, you're going to take photos of your friends and what they get up to. And then you put these online. What? Was there anything else in between, or was this literally like Fred sees these photos and he's just like, "Ping, let's go." This might fit with my idea. I think so. Yeah. So that I was kind so. of it. It was like so. Even I applied so, in MySpace, WillsImages dot yeah. com, and you were just <laughs> super famous. Hurt you bad, put them up. Got and an so email you were from some guy. Same stuff though. Over those years, just I like wasn't working doing whatever. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't doing taking anything. Taking some photos, going raving, I was drinking and, and just drinking, just going and, to the pub. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even raving, with, and really. there was still no thought. Really? No, I mean, obviously, there was a thought of like, all right, you we'll go, let's go out, camera. let's go out tonight. Like, I'd be like, oh, who's going out tonight? Yeah. I'm gonna come along and take some photos. And I think at this point, I had started doing some portraits, but like, little, like, not much. Yeah, I had done. It's hard for me to and remember. What, they were just keeping the photos, and there was no, still no real aim. You don't think? No. Well, then I met I met Fred and in the pub, Fred, yes. and being like. This is not going to work. There's no way this guy's going to be able to get all these heads because I can't. If I can't get some, he certainly is not going to be able to. Not that I was like some aficionado, but like you know, I was like yeah, in the I'm world a bit there, more. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I actually had done it for a little yeah, yeah. bit. And you're running with crews that are at it hard. At yeah, but time. even then, back then, that was kind of a that was not a good thing to be. No, honest. it wasn't. Like, no, especially it, with ATG lot. Yeah, like, yeah. and like it was ITS lot was whatever. We just like pub bombing Pop crews, yeah. <laughs> and uh. uh and then, and then, you know, he was like, "All right, let's let's do this. Let's just try and do this book." And I was like, "No way, this shit's not going to work out." And then, 
And then I can't really remember exactly how we got it off the ground. It took about two years, though, surely. It took a couple of years. I remember, like, photographed you for it. And then photographed, like, ended up photographing loads of people in the scene. um, Getting all these stories, getting all these, like, like, flicks from people. I can't really remember exactly how he managed to do it all. But I helped quite a bit. All right, calm, don't do it. <laughs> Barry Big Bollocks over Barry here. Big bollocks <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there was a lot of people involved yeah, yeah, yeah. in it who kind of helped out, and I think you know, yeah, like it just worked out. It took a few years, but then maybe it did. It started as a magazine idea, and then ended up. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't really. To be honest, I can't exactly remember. I just remember like jumping around London and like meeting people I'd met before. I remember like meeting Nees just before he got locked up oh, and doing oh, a photo yeah. of him. And then there was like this back and forth with us because it was like, you can't actually use the photographs because I'm in this case and blah, 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 blah. And I think he ended up getting sentenced and being like, you know what? Fuck it. Just use it because I'm going down anyway. It's done. Yeah. Just use it. And I think that use photographs that whatever have, you know, which are yeah. public or whatever been used in the case. And then... Yeah, just photographed loads of people, man. Photograph people I always wanted to photograph, and it was an excuse to photograph people because there was going to be an end product. Yeah. And then, yeah, managed to get it all nicely published and hardback and designed. Mate, that is the fucking... It's the best thing to come out of the London graffiti scene in terms of publishing that we've ever had. Well, the thing is, yeah... There's like nothing to, better has To us, out. it was kind of like the book we always wanted. Yeah, like to, it's the book the, the culture needed in this city was that book. Yeah, you never get any thanks, man. Of course you don't. It's no. nothing, right? <laughs> It'd be funny case. to see what people think of it now who Listen, are in it. I don't... I, I don't give a fuck what people say, and to be honest, like you know, yeah, I, I don't care what people say. That book is a fucking solid piece of history which London needed because we didn't have anything, and you know what? Nothing has come since either. So that that book is integral, and your part in it is obviously super integral. And Fred just having that fucking like fuck it, I'm doing this. And I think he has like some super tenacity to get mate, stuff that guy done. contacted me in 2004 was yeah, when I first yeah, yeah. chatted to him. That book came out in 2010. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with, a, the thing is is with Fred, <laughs> whatever people say about him and, you know, whoever personal, if anyone has personal problems with him, whatever, but he gets stuff done, man. He gets, he gets shit done. But, so, but um, that is quite And also, surprising. he's still like, to be honest, I still like do stuff with him to this day and like I'm still friends with him. And like That was his first major project to move into what he does, I suppose, as well then. Because he wasn't doing anything before that, really, was he? He was just part of a culture. <laughs> I mean, he knew a lot. I mean, he did know like some people. But that was his first project, so. project which led him on to his what he does now. In terms, of, I think it was both of ours, to be honest. It was like us. I literally thought, I, I, not even thought, I just presumed that apart from a MySpace and maybe a bit of hurt your bad press or whatever, you you had done other work before that book. I mean, you I might can't have remember. I think you know what I think. Uh, you know what I was doing as well. I was assisting the timeout photographer. Oh, right. So I was working in the timeout offices and assisting them, and then occasionally I'd shoot for timeout. Wow, um, that was around the same time period. Okay, I, I think it would have over. It would have definitely overlapped. So you, so that. you got into it then as a profession as well by then. I mean, to assisting point, to, like yeah. once every like couple of days a week or something yeah, is not yeah. really. I mean, no. To be honest, at that time it was like I was. Yeah, no, I was yeah, super happy about doing. You're thinking, that. right? Fuck it, this is it. This you is get me. paid like I can't remember getting paid like two hundred. 
250 a day, nice. which to me, I was like, mate, you're laughing sick. at that age, man. And especially as it being an assistant fit and all that type of shit. That's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And so all, uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, there has to have been something that was... Because like, it was quite a long time. I did do, was... like, some other assisting with people, yeah, like, little you? bits and, like... Working in like a studio a little bit, but nothing, nothing. So you're solid. obviously nurturing that talent, and you knew that that was it. You, you're probably <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I don't know about you that. Still don't like, think was, it's a fucking... Well, it's just like you just do it, don't you? Yeah. You just like it's not really another option at this point either. So, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's not really. Yeah, all right, well, look, that book, <laughs> the book drops, and it's fucking amazing, and. You know, as I say, it's a, it's a massive piece of London history that we really needed, and it was beautifully like given to the city. Like everyone's in it that needs to be in it. And oh, we missed a few people. There's obviously, yeah, yeah, there's obviously, listen, people. it was always going to happen. Always going to happen. Not everyone was going to fit in it, it's, unless they were going to pay for those extra pages, maybe or whatever the deal may have. <laughs> that shit was a beautiful piece of work that came out. And so after after Crack and Shine drops, you're then someone in you, you then got a bigger voice in the culture yeah automatically whether you like it or not you're you're then will robson scott the photographer yeah yeah especially, yeah i guess especially to the culture i mean like in london i was probably like that guy who took some photographs like well no, yeah know. and then what the people that could speak properly would say yeah, but yeah and then okay. so we did the we did uh, i'm also a bit confused with timings but so we did crack and shine um I can't, to be honest, I can't remember how it actually did sales-wise. I've no idea, to be honest. All the copies went, that's what you know. I don't think they did, man. Right. Not all of them. No, I think quite a lot of them did go, but there's still like some knocking still around. Left, they're going to go for good money. Um, so we did that, and then... Yeah, kind of got into photographing other stuff. Um, did start doing like a project so now this is around 2000 i think that book came out 2009 nine yeah it was nine actually when right. actually when this was going eight. on no i don't think it was eight i think late, it was nine late. yeah yeah i think it was i remember the launch we did at village underground yeah, yeah amazing yeah it was a laugh and then um kind of along that time i started photographing trying to do projects on like pirate radio stations okay and then that slowly morphed into doing a project on kind of like grime MCs nice. and it kind of morphed because the, the reason I wanted to do the pirate radio station projects was um, pirate radio was dying out yeah because the internet was really getting big. Mid 2000s by now. Late. This late, is 2009. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, I probably late. started this around 2008. Yeah, so mid to late 2000s. 2008. They, they did start to waver off because, yeah, you're right. And this is kind of, you know, this is when. God, was it? Before? This is kind of like Streets Remixes era of yeah. like D Double and, you know, that Get Out of My House remix. I think that's earlier, actually. I think that's a few years earlier, actually. Yeah. I think that might have been 2006 ish. Anyway, whatever. It's that era where, like, grime is getting eyes on it, but it's not, like, a yeah. massive thing. I mean, there were big people, like, I don't know, Lady Sovereign, probably the biggest person. Yeah. Whatever. So channel I tried to. Days. Big Channel U Days. Yeah. <laughs> big Channel U yeah. Days. I was kind of a bit older as well at that point, but I kind of saw <clears> it as a. To me, it, like, I didn't have like a super like my musical knowledge was 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 like not super deep but mm. to me it kind of reminded me of to me it was very british yeah. and very punky like the kind of 
way the beats were made were yeah. obviously like low budget fruity loops yeah. but there was like PlayStation a even, there was like yeah. a real it was super british yeah and like the way people would spit on the tunes was not like it wasn't like British hip hop. It no. wasn't like Skinny Man or, no, even or though even, Task Force. Yeah, UK was... hip hop didn't talk in American accent, but they kind of had the hip hop flow and grime. But it was just an evolution. I remember going flow. to secondary school, and I remember everyone would just talk about Heartless Crew, especially yeah. being in like Finchley and stuff. Yeah. Everyone's cousin was Mighty Mo. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know how many people I know whose cousins Mighty Mo? <laughs> like going to school, I swear yeah, everyone yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, my cousin's Mighty Mo." <laughs> and I wasn't even so into Heartless, but. You'd hear it. I remember, like, the tapes. And I remember, like, that Ali Pali rave where, like, a million people were on stage. Yeah. And and then there was obviously the um, um, Heartless Pays You Go beef, which, like, every, if you, you couldn't miss it being at school. I, I just remember the, those, those, yeah. those. That was at, like, Camden Palace, I think. I remember just... I remember people, like, going to it as well and coming back and being like, oh, shit. Heartless crew killed them. And especially because it was in North London. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so anyway, I was I I wanted to photograph these pirate radio stations before they died, mm. and then I you know I went to like Cool Y two K Rinse before it was yeah. Rinse now, and it was just impossible to photograph. Not it's just because it was like it was like this room. Yeah, it was just like some old like some like young kids, and then like one. That's why people just do nothing. Have got it on point. Yeah, because there's like two dudes in a room in a kitchen in a block of flats and then one dude who's just like so lean in the corner like just so stoned and then like some old guy who's just there like you're like what is that good? Like, not saying a word so anyway i actually got a few okay photographs yeah. but i was like this is so hard to photograph is like it? going back it would have been a really sick film project to do yeah like to, like a moving image project but then it just like i, I slowly started meeting some mcs like, not like I was mates with any of them, but just, like, I remember I met... Um, I'd also be photographing nights at this yeah. point as well, like, so, like, ATG were doing nights, and then Urban Nerds as well yeah. were an extension of that. So I'd kind of be going to these nights and bringing my camera along as well. And I remember I met... I'd shot, like, a load of pirates at this point, but I wasn't, like, super, like... It wasn't... You weren't getting what you wanted, really. It wasn't that. I just was, like... I was a bit lazy, to be perfectly honest. Like, mm. I just wasn't... I wasn't lazy. I'd be going to, like... Be going to, like, bow at, like... You know, 1am to get, like, the graveyard shift yeah. at Cool FM or something from North London. It wasn't that I was lazy, but... I guess I just didn't have a clear enough idea of what I actually wanted. Yeah. And I remember I met... um had this night I remember meeting um, this MC from Rough Squad called Fudder Guy who's like a okay. Rough Squad guy yeah. I remember him being like I want you to do press shots for me take my phone number or he took my phone number and exchange whatever and then he was like I'll come down to Bo photograph me I went down and he was really good friends with Tinchy Strider right. and then Tinchy Strider just showed up and was like yeah brother that checks some photos <laughs> not that he talks like that yeah. but and then I photographed him, and he was big at the time. Yeah. And then I met this other dude called um, DJ Magic, who ran uh, No Hats, No Hoods, yeah. and Dirty Canvas. And he was kind of... He wasn't, he wasn't managing people, but he was working closely with a lot of people. And he, he still does, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. to this day. But then he kind of introduced me to like loads of people, like... 
like, like most and of the MCs became the thing. Then you, they all wanted you. To no, they didn't. Well. They didn't care to be honest. But no. I wanted to photograph them. Okay. I don't think they really cared. There's yeah. a few of them who were like more receptive than others. Maybe a lot a of them business savvy. They just didn't give a shit to be. I mean, yeah. they did, but like, I like wait. I remember like wait for hours for them. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, because I was used to dealing with writers, yeah. I was like, this is shit. normal. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is normal waiting yeah, for yeah. two hours for someone. <laughs> like, it's standard. Yeah. It's like, fine. It's fine. I remember yeah. like waiting once for like two hours in the freezing cold and one of them being like, oh yeah, sorry, sorry, I was, I was cold, I had a bath. <laughs> I was like, all right, nice one, cheers. Right, let's go. Like, Come on. Cool. And um, <coughs> yeah, yeah, I just remember... Again, taking me to parts of London I didn't know well, like super deep east, like Maryland, yeah. Forest Gate, Newham, Hitting the deal Plasto, well. yeah, yeah, like District Line, yeah. like Deep District, Deep Central Line. And then for like a year or so, I was just, I just tried to photograph everyone. I kind of approached it like the Crack and Shine thing where I wanted to do almost like a survey of like the scene yeah didn't really care if they were like super big or super small this is it was it, it was more who was interesting yeah. and like kind of like right it's like the grimier the better yeah you know what i mean yeah. like that, yeah. i always wanted a photo of cos yeah i got it yeah like to a lot of people from outside of london they'd be like oh, so what? what but like but to anyone just... in london be like oh, that's the king shit. <laughs> yeah and then like same thing with them so i just went around tried to photograph everyone like you know got some like photographs i really like to this day for like people like d-double and temper t and whoever wiley and you know so then that was it it was like i'm in i'm, I'm doing all of this photography i mean i was shooting and then i've gone through a successful project with, yeah i've gone through a and then, reasonably successful project but it's still it was still it's still not like i wasn't having any like ad companies knock on no of course not no not i wasn't having any weapon of culture you don't really get that man not actually funnily enough way. i did publish some photos from um the crack and shine yeah originally the crack and shine thing was called ego bombing it was a project yeah. i wanted to do and i started doing it at university actually because they gave me a portrait project mm-hmm. and i was like i'll do a portrait project but just cover everyone's face yeah so i shot like you and josh yeah. shot loads of people like like yeah that, that's kind of how it got a bit more traction and um i completely forgot what i was just saying like, well about that being a first project then and what crack and shine was about to come was, was meant to be so it was, it was going to be... So basically, you, you got through... What I'm saying is, is that... So by this time, you're fully... You're, you are Will Robson Scott, the photographer. I mean, kind undeniable. of, kind of, but like... I mean, kind of, but not really, man. No, but I think to everyone else, you were. Because... I you, think you're also thinking that this is like Instagram days, man. No, Because no. there was not a platform for no, it. No, it wasn't even... No, but it was for those who knew. So the writers knew that if you wanted the, that photo... Or the person who took those photos was Will Robson Scott. And in the grime scene as well, it would have been the same thing. Like, that was that person. Yeah, a little bit i mean a few of the mcs i like i wouldn't say i was friends with but you know they'd hit me up to yeah. do like a single or an album or like i remember i did like p money's single thing and like rude kid who's now like producing yeah. loads like i was kind of you know matey with him um i did some like little bits and bobs for most people who was interesting people who was who were emceeing but it wasn't like today it wasn't like I don't even. I don't. I never really had Facebook. I never had Facebook. No. I don't think it was Facebook time either. Whatever it was, yeah. like it was kind of MySpace. But, but that was your last kind of. Like, Will's images. Do. Yeah. <laughs> Will's images. Um. So I mean, I kind of had a clearer idea what I wanted to pursue, 
but I don't think it was like I don't know, man. I'd quite like to know what a lot of people in Crack and Shine think of it now. I wonder what I wonder if they you know wonder if they like think it's like a if they hold it dear to themselves or um so yeah did that did the did the grime stuff yeah and your calendar maybe you did a calendar yeah that was with that was with magic perhaps yeah. no hood looking back on it it's like the stupidest idea but like it's really annoying my mum like found like 50 of them at my house at like a at hers about i don't know a year ago and I was like, oh, fuck it, just chuck them out, like, to chuck them out. But I'm thinking now it's a stupid idea because grime is now pop music and all them heads in it. Not all of them, but, like, a lot of them are bigger stars. Um, and then I also, at the same time, was doing this, uh, like, uh, set of portraits of dogs and their owners with my mate, my, one of my best mates, Ollie Grove, who was, like, super fanatical about dogs and, like, I'm a big dog person as well. And we kind of just decided to do a joint project, like a collaboration photographing people and their dogs and again it was like a good way to be able to photograph people who, de- who necessarily don't want to be photographed by themselves but if you sell it to them as want to photograph your dog, dog yeah people are more interested in it yeah so i ended up like getting to shoot like like martin parr yeah. like a super legendary british photographer mr hudson Mr. Hudson, bringing it back to like early 2000 uh, musical people. Yeah, Mr. Hudson, shit, I forgot about that. I don't know where that photograph is. Um, again, it was like a broad spectrum of people, yeah. like survey-ish, which carried on for ages, carried on forever. And then we published a book from it two years ago called In Dogs We Trust. Um, That's still in print. You can still buy it on the website. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah so kind of had that project going on at the same time which was like a slow burner and I remember um, your top deck as well that was wicked oh yeah and then yeah 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 did top deck which is like just photographs from like a weird perspective of the top of double decker buses looking down did that with a photographer called James Pearson House another like collaboration Um, so now by now so that's what mid to mid 2010s I can't. Yeah. Yeah, we must be at around. Well, no. So hang on. I've got I've got top deck in 2010. Yeah, but then there's also Crack and Shine International and that then, came so out that was 2011, next, which was the same premise. Crack and Shine International was basically an extension of Crack and Shine. Actually, it wasn't an extension. It was none of the same Stories content was yeah. uh, involved. But basically, Fred somehow wanked. Well, this is actually this is actually because of Hurt You Bad, uh-huh. one of the dudes at Hurt You Bad worked for... Uh, oh, fuck, I just tell the story. It doesn't, I'm not sure. Why should I try and be cryptic about it? One of the dudes from, from Hurt You Bad worked for Vans. Yeah. was a big fan of it. Obviously, they had a marketing budget for whatever. They somehow, Fred, wangled through this dude from Hurt You Bad um, a load of money to, to make content. Wicked. The content was films... And the second book, and the on f- films on the, the films were on different cities, like basically a profile of specific writers from specific um, cities around the world, right. like little action interview stuff. So we did like London. Where did we do London, Berlin, LA, 
Oh no, I'm getting convoluted now with the film. Basically, dude, Keegan Gibbs from LA, who was like yeah. MSK, AWR dude, yeah. who was friends with all them, came along with me and he did the films and I did the photos. Right. I wasn't at that point doing any films or moving images. Did, did you film that? No, no. no. Keegan did that so Keegan did a, the first set of those films yeah. and through that we went, yeah, we did like Paris, London, LA, New York, Berlin. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Did you go to Tokyo or anything? Nah, we didn't no. didn't have that much money. No. Uh, did we go anywhere else? We had eggs, but we didn't go to Helsinki. Like, uh-huh. just met him in Amsterdam, actually. Um, that's about it. Cool. Those Barcelona, maybe. We went to. I went to Barcelona afterwards and did a film, but the first set of. The first right, set was yeah. me and Keegan yeah. going to all these places. We got all the content for this book and made even a bigger version of Crack and Shine, better finish, like silver foiling, yeah. similar shits, embossed, uh, hardback. We actually managed to get them um, shrink wrapped, which is anyone doing a book shrink wrap your book shrimp shrink wrap shrimp wrap shrink shrink wrap your books because if you don't. Especially if you do like a foil on the outside, yeah. which is like the embossed silver yeah. or gold stuff for anyone who doesn't know, it will come off. Like yeah. if you look at the first cracking shines, loads of the silver will have come off. Just flakes out. And also if you, I mean, and if they were just sitting in storage yeah. without a shrink wrap, they'll, and to be honest, Crack and Shine International, the foil comes off as well, but, but it's being protected it's a bit in better, warehouses yeah. before. It um, yeah, so yeah. then, yeah, Vans did that. Vans helped us out, gave them a logo on the, book and yeah. uh the they got like six films for their Wicked. platform and then after that i think he somehow managed to get some more money off them and then at that point i started doing films as well uh-huh. so then i went to i can't remember i did a, f- a few films i went to barcelona and to copenhagen uh-huh. and i can't remember where else now I did some films, shot some more photos, and then we did like a B sides, which was a much sm- B sides of like Crack and Shine International called mm-hmm. Crack on Shine on, which is like a smaller format, not hardback, mm-hmm. super limited publication, and these films, um, and yeah, released that in like I don't know when was that two thousand, I can't remember thirteen mm-hmm. maybe I don't know, and then at that point as well, um. I was doing films at this point as well. I was making short films. And what, so photography's obviously led you into that and it was just working with Keegan, was that a bit of inspiration or? No, to be honest, I didn't really think about it because because I was like a big film guy, like I still am, as in like I'm a big analogue. Hmm. I'm not anti-digital, but I still but prefer to shoot analog, film. Yeah, yeah. Didn't really think about it. And then I managed to get my hands on a 5D actually. Yeah. And all you have to do is click one button which will turn it from stills to video video yeah and i was like oh might as well you gotta know some simple basics yeah like keep your shutter speed a bit low and like if you know how to expose for stuff which with digital is super easy because you just look at the monitor um yeah i just started doing some films and then like kind of figured out a tiny little setup that i would use and every film got a little bit better um (laughs) <laughs> and then yeah and then I just I did like a series of short films on weird characters from like uh Jella who was this old West Ham ICF East hooligan London, yeah. East London dude with stories for days who was a junkie got locked up got paralyzed 
went to Ibiza, went on the run from Ibiza, just like nuts stories. This other dude, Graham, who's like a, he's actually from like, I remember him from years ago skating. He's always around. He's like, Asperger's, he's got Asperger's syndrome, but he's like a super nice guy. And it was just kind of about his day to day. Then like a film about Ricky Powell. He's like a New York photographer. He was like the fourth Beastie Boy member. Uh, This dude, Popek, who's like this, MMA oh, fighter video, who gets oh, his man. eyeball tattooed, um, and I started doing more what and was more. It like being in that room, man. I mean, to be honest, it's kind of an, it's super gnarly procedure, but I don't have any tattoos. But I've seen a million yeah. people get tattoos, yeah. And even the, the sound of a tattoo guy yeah, is aggressive, it. man. You look in someone's face, and people are like, oh. However, like hard someone is getting a tattoo hurts. Hell, than putting that in the eyeball. But no, if you get your eyeball tattooed, basically it's tattooing. It's not you don't get like a design done in your eyeball. Your white is turned to a specific color, and what they do is they get a syringe and just pop it into your eye, and then just pump it full of whatever ink. But the procedure is like completely illegal, I think. Mm. And there was this one dude who was doing it. it was this nuts dude who's like a known. He's like a guy on the scene for doing body modification. And when I was filming it, like halfway through, I was kind of a bit like, if this dude goes blind, yeah. Oh my God. Like, it's not kind of footage I want sitting on my hard drive <laughs> just for karma. Yeah. Just karma wise. That is a fucking deep, you've got to check that film, man. That is a deep film. And to be honest, watching, yeah. looking back at watching my old films, I'm like, oh my God, they are so shoddy. Like, there's so many things. I just shoot them handheld. I think they're all nice, man. I mean, I like they, films, they serve man. a purpose and they're like whatever, but I wouldn't do it like that anymore. So after all of these and you've built yourself this career and then I know in that time as well, you've been, you were flying back and forth to New York. And yeah, I wasn't really living in London or New York. I didn't have anywhere to yeah, live properly. Yeah, you back and forth constantly. Luckily, I had like people I could stay with. Yeah. I don't know, for a while I was living in Stoke Newington yeah. with Ollie. Yeah. And then I'd like stay in New York and then jump back and forth. And then I just decided to kind of uh, like around. I've been back and forth from New York and London for like the past seven years. Yeah. I've been in New York like solidly, probably. Decided to live. Four years. Yeah. It wasn't really a decision, it just happened, but. And um, so is that is that work predominantly and you know you feel... I mean it's a bit of both like being freelance anywhere is difficult but the difference with America is well it's not the strict difference but you can make more money in America mm. some of like the budgets you get in America are just it seems it's for me it has like last year to be honest was like a pretty difficult year work wise mm. But there have been, you know, you get a few jobs from like a big company and you're set. So they pay better, probably. Got, well, it just got actually. I don't know. It seems, it, to be honest, it seems, it we, seems like they pay better in America. I don't know, really. I think. I, well, no, I think we kind of got that. We had a conversation about this when I was out there. And I think, you know, it seems like they pay better. But the conclusion we came up with was the fact that actually their market's a lot bigger. So their budgets can be bigger. Yeah. So in the UK, we've got such a this size of country, and America's got this size of country. So it makes sense. And so w- while you're out there and you're, you've been living there now full time, four years, and do you. I, I didn't even ask, like, do you love London? I love New York. Yeah. Like, I super love 
you know what? I love coming back to London. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> London's a great place to come back to. And you, but you prefer living in New York. I don't really know what like at the moment. America is such a weird place that like yeah. I don't really know. But then you say everyone's like, "Oh, Trump's so bad." And I'm like, dude, just look at England. It's just as bad. Like to be honest, yeah. with Brexit, yeah. it's like America is not New York and LA. No, and it's the same with London not being. Yeah. America is yeah. the rest of America. Yeah. New York, LA, and like Austin, maybe, and a few other places yeah. in America yeah, are cosmopolitan and liberal. And you can walk out the door and like everything's at your fingertips. Yeah. But to be honest, the, the majority of America, although it has lots of natural beauty, it's not like that. It's a conservative country that, you know, still has the death penalty mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, they don't like gays, they don't like people who look different, they don't, you know, not not at all a blanket statement, like no, America's it's... great, but it's it can be quite conservative, but the same said for England, yeah. you know, London and like Manchester and Brighton and these cosmopolitan big cities are the anomaly, the rest of England is like the reality of England. And also the, and the rest of, it's the same with America, the rest of these cities apart from the major ones, are living a completely different life. And yeah, yeah, no, like, I'm not talking shit um, about any of them because, no, no, of because the thing is, like, it's kind of similar to, like, like, like for example, the um, like project I did in Chicago, still Chirac, yeah. which was all in, like, the south side and west side, about, like, all the gun violence. You can't really, like, unless you live in that person's situation... You can't really comment on it, honestly, because, you know, if I lived in wherever, Alabama or wherever it may be, and, you know, my dad used to work in a factory, like, I'm going to vote for Trump. He's promising shit. Of course you are. I same mean, shit with Brexit. It's like, the same thing, man. Some people's heart cords were pulled. We got lied to in the same way the Americans have been lied to because that guy ain't going to do fuck all for anyone. Yeah. And the same with Brexit. It's not going to do anything for those people that voted us out of this country. Um, it's like if your life's bad, it's kind of like it probably can't get any worse. No. So what's the, what, no. why not take a punt on mm. someone, the unknown, or like the person who's that bit, that that bit oh, left of centre. That's what I'm hoping is going to happen this time round in England. Cool. Yeah, I just registered to vote today. In Wicked. England. Good. Everyone should register to vote and get on that shit. Vote in so UKIP. Now you're living America's lifestyle. You've got yeah, you've got Chirac, which is an amazing film. What other films have you done out there? Oh, you've done a couple. Um, I did the. What have I done? I mean, what like just everything commercial wise? Yeah, you do. So you yeah. So basically, you. You've done you you do Chirac, you've done you, you take photos out there, you do you're working with agencies and producing work for different yep. companies, working for magazines. Yep. It's a full time job. You are Will Robson Scott the it, photographer. It is and it isn't. It's be honest, this year this year has as, been as a freelancer. This year has been like really busy. Yeah. But last year was super slow. Right, yeah. And like a lot of the time But that's life for a freelancer though. Of course it, it is. Yeah. But the the reality of it is as well is that the jobs that pay you well are not necessarily jobs that you're going to be advertising like no, that you no. did. There's things that pay the bills that you keep. Yeah, that pay the and bills. that's the reality and of a lot of yeah. stuff. And you do cool stuff that you don't get paid for or you know mm. just break and even. You, you think that's... Uh, well, I think this is the thing. People that are part of a culture, I think we understand that 
yeah, you do have to work and you've got to get the bills paid. And if you're lucky, you can do, you, you will go out of his camera and take photos for a brand. He may not be proud of those shots and might want to put them on his website, but the thing is that paid the bill. But it's important for you to make sure you still do your cultural stuff, which is still make the films you want to make and still. I take mean, the it's photos just as important to do like a good job for a brand. Whatever brand, yeah. Like, you know. You know, yeah. It's 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 more important to do a good job because if you do a bad job for a, a client, yeah. they're not going to come back to you no. because that's another thing. There's such a massive pool of people out there yeah. who can do the same job, better or cheaper or yeah. whatever maybe it may be. Other reasons. Yeah, maybe one other reasons yeah. that they could, you know, choose someone else. If you get picked by a client, like you got to really try and one keep a good relationship with them, yeah. and two like. Do a good job for them and don't be an arsehole about it. Yeah, get it done and get and it like, done right. But sometimes it's difficult. Like, yeah, of course it, it doesn't work every time for every client. But you're, you're make, that's what you strive to do. Yeah, um, like doing, doing, yeah, getting paid a lot of money for like ideally a job that isn't a job is like pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that you can get paid thousands of pounds yeah. for taking a photo or directing a, not even touching a camera. You just say to someone, "All right." Point that camera there, yeah, <laughs> and hit the red button, and you get paid for it. That's it's crazy. Fun. That's amazing, man. And so, do you see yourself staying out in America for much longer, or is it still a bit of a, I'm not sure? Yeah, yeah. I, ideally, I'd like to. Um, ideally, I'd like to be able to live in both. Yeah, I'd love to be able to do like six months in America, six months in England, but it's a lot of work to cater for that type of lifestyle. Difficult because you kind of need two places to live, which is not a reality for me. Um, Because it'd be too expensive. (laughs) When are you going to lose? When are you going to lose your accent? You get an American accent. This is just for you lot. When I'm in America, doesn't go really. No, 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 no. To be honest, actually, living in America, it's made me more English. Really? Yeah. There's some things you have to say, like. There's some things you have to... Like, People don't understand what you I have to say tomato. And garbage. Yeah, I think I said garbage. You said garbage yeah, yeah, no, so there's things yeah. that I have to, you have to do because otherwise, tomato. if you're there for a week, you can you can have the old banter back and forth where you go, I want a tomato, and they're like, what? Yeah. Tomato, and it just... If you're there for years on end, it's just like you can't be bothered to have you that have conversation to again. Right and it's like... You say, it depends how much you don't pronounce your t's but water <laughs> you have to remember to pronounce your t's and even if you say water yeah. it's huh water or water and then i huh and then you go water and they go water yeah and they and they get it but i mean there's a lot of there's, also, there's loads of english people yeah. In in New yeah, York, yeah, yeah. There, are, there are a lot of vowels that become really uncomfortable. Well, there's just certain things you have to say, like you say, like "Where's the restroom?" Yeah, yeah. Or like, I remember I went in to buy um, to this place called Trader Joe's, which is like a cheap version of Whole Foods. Yeah, it's like it's not even a version of Whole Foods, but it's like a cheap supermarket in New York. Yeah. And I went in and I was like in a bad mood for some reason. I can't remember why. <laughs> I was just in a bad mood. And I went up to the world. I had this recipe and I was like, yo, have you got any um, aubergine? She like looked at me like I was crazy. She was like, what? I was like, I was like, aubergine, have you got aubergine? She was like, what? And I started getting more and more annoyed. I was like, what the fuck is this dim? How come she doesn't know what an aubergine, what an aubergine is? 
I'm like aubergine, and then I like got, I was like fucking. Hell. I was like got my phone out to Google it, and then it come up, and I was like, oh, I'm like so sorry, eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what's an aubergine? I was like, oh, I'm English. It's what we call eggplants. And she was like, and she was so nice to me, it made me feel like such an asshole. She was like. I think we just got an order in, so I'm going to go into, like, the van and get you one. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I was just in, like, a foul mood. And her looking at me, I was just thinking, I'm only stupid American. But really, it's, like, stupid English person. It's, like, me just, like, shouting gobbledygook in someone's face. Aubergine. Aubergine. And she's like, what? like, scared, like, this weird person. But it's funny, in America, to be honest, the majority of people do not. I think Americans... Americans are gonna hate me if they do this, but like a lot of them have a have a think they have a they have a different idea of what a, a Londoner sounds like. They yeah. think you're either like Ray Winston or Hugh Grant. Yeah. Like the in between, they don't know. So it's always like, oh my god, where in Australia are you from? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not fucking <laughs> Aussie. And then it's like New Zealand. They're like, no. no. And they're like South African. You're like, that's the worst one. <laughs> I'm not fucking South African. <laughs> I'm from London. And they're like, really? You don't sound like you're from London. And I'm like, well, all right, just go on Australian. So you're film tinted here. Yeah. What have you got next? You got anything? Have you, what, what have you got on your mind to do next? Or is it oh, just I don't know, man. To be with? honest, I've been, I'm like, I'm kind of caught up in um, some commercial stuff at the moment. Right. That is like, I have to get sorted. And that's why I'm here for a job. Right. Um, so get all that out of the way. Yeah, like I'm, tr- I'm trying to like do some music stuff as well. Like I kind of now try and if I go somewhere, I hit people up and be like, "Oh, I'm here. Is there any like, do you want any features done for mm-hmm. magazines or?" Um, but yeah, like personal wise, to be honest, I haven't got like a really set thing in mind. Mm. A lot of the time with personal projects is they kind of come by chance, and um, if you really try and push it, it sometimes doesn't work. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. But I definitely need to do another film. I did a film last year, another like a a, a um lead on to Chirac called mm-hmm. God Loves Ugly, um, which was again like revisiting like the South Side of Chicago, yeah. um, which was pretty cool doing that again. Um, and then I did a project last year with the UN in Malawi on like the AIDS crisis, but um, if you really were to Google it, you could find it. But yeah. it's not. It's not like a. It was for some AIDS conference. And, uh, yeah, just working this year on just for, like, clients and stuff from, like, whatever, headphone companies. Magazines and this stuff. Magazines. Um, It's a fucking cool life, man. (laughs) That rolled out really nicely. That was... um, to think of just bumming about. <laughs> I've got all these cultures, but still am bumming about. To be honest, alive. a little bit. But and then swear, getting a college degree, getting a college course sorted out, just so you could <clears throat> get mum and dad off your back. Oh, I actually missed out. I did actually go to uni as well. And then, oh, yeah, you dropped it in the uni thing. So after college, you obviously like, well, oh. this is obviously what I want to learn more. Yeah, and I went to keep your parents on my back even more. I went to uni in Wales. Yeah, in Newport. And also the third person to mention Southbank. Am I? Yeah, Southbank. Well, everyone sorry. mentioned Southbank. He was the third person to mention. Southbank. Tan's talking shit. He never went to Southbank. Tan went Southbank. He mentions it though, and so does Jack. Make I sure you mention you... that Tan never went to Southbank. <laughs> <laughs> even if you didn't go there, though, I mean, it was still something you were very aware of if you were into skating. I went there. I was not into skating, but in 1997, 
um, a mate of mine had died, and this girl at the wake ended up knocking out a security guard at the Tesco <laughs> in the he's on uh, Kilburn High Road. Anyway, we all we were all there. We all got arrested. We all ended up going into. I wasn't. No, I didn't get arrested actually, but I went to go and support my friends in court, and it was down there. The, the court hearing for some reason and so at the end of the session I went off and I walked down and I found South Bank and I'd been there as a kid and passed it, but I didn't pay much attention but that was my first time going to look for the place where the skating and the graffiti was and I was writing by then but that was the first time I saw it, it was in 97 yeah and I never went back again I don't think well like you can cut my South Bank bit out we'll just put in a tan never went to South Bank you <laughs> fraud it'd be good if every person who does it you get them to like chat shit about each other <laughs> yeah. Jack was there I saw Jack at South Bank never saw Tan fucking Tan was never there man mate gallivanting around he's actually gallivanting my... around zone 7 or whatever <laughs> <laughs> zone 8 Kingston kids that's not that. London but, you know, he, he, he did admit that <laughs> that was wicked Will yeah. thank cool. you very much man right. and um, looking forward to seeing more and what is it willrobsonscott.com Will's images. <laughs> Will's images. MySpace.co.uk. No, That's how proud I am of you keeping it British. My Britishness. And you got an Instagram? No, no. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. got an Instagram. Well, yeah, I do. Will RS. Yeah, yeah. Go and look at it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Don't look at the Instagram. Will is a really funny guy. Twenty-four. My ass. That was a really cool story, and it was a pleasure to get him over here. I think his work is great and expansive. He took a beautiful photo of my son and I for that Crack and Shine book. I'm really proud of it. And one of my favourite projects of his is Top Deck. Shots from the Top Deck of London buses printed in a newspaper format. It's really nice. Go check his work out and check his films as well, actually. Graham and Chirac are my favourites out there, but he's done a load more. And you can find him at willrobsonscott.co.uk or just search him on Google. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Until next week, love your city and love your culture.